This is the Shotgun City Sheriff, the law himself, Clayton Clark. This is the young titan, Aaron Atlas. Hey, uh, this is Matt Brannigan. This is the warbound hellhound, Bo Sword. This is your favorite drunken pro wrestler, a.k.a. the Bud Light brawler, Dalton Davis. This is Lizzie Six. This is Jake Something. And this is the jaw-jacking, back-cracking, God-created all men equal, and then he made me the sequel, Rohit Raju, and you are listening to the Spot Show Podcast. Spot Show Podcast. The Spot Show Podcast. The Spot Show Podcast. Spot Show Podcast. Hell yeah. The Spot Show Podcast. The Spot Show Podcast. Yes, right. I stuttered. Shut up. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Spot Show Podcast, an independent wrestling podcast with a few pit stops along the way. Hey, how's it going? I'm the Carson Daly of professional wrestling. Dickie Wabash joined as always by this man right here. He's always here. He's doing hand motions right now as if we're on camera. Like he's pointing One day, to sir. the stars. He's pointing to That's the stars. That's my Sabu. It's a Sabu. Remember, we, if, 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 if we do the Sabu, something, we, we might get Sabu callback. Sabu Van Dam. Sabu Van Dam, and it always fails. That's the one-legged wonder, Mr. Michael Madrox. Other than trying to summon Sabu, I mean, so what's up? <laughs> man, what a great time to be alive, sir. Big things coming in the Mad Bash way, as always. Always, man. Always, man. Hey, we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention this today, though. We're recording uh, today. Toby Keith passed away. So I know that's got nothing to do with wrestling, but I know, you know, a lot of the Mad Bash boys, they're big fans of Toby Keith. It has so. a lot to do with wrestling, man. Yeah. I mean, you got to uh, remember uh, the suplex to Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett. Yep. And then he came out the Bella Twins that one time on Raw. He did. He did. I forgot about that one. Future Hall of Famer right there. He should be. He should be. At More least deserving a- than some of those celebrities. Uh, well, Drew Carey only appeared in one Royal Rumble. What's better, though? Walking out the Bella Twins or coming out in a Royal Rumble? He suplexed Jeff Jarrett, though. He did suplex. That tops the Royal Rumble. Is it true? You wouldn't obviously know. Like You've not been to a Toby Keith concert, so you wouldn't know. But I remember on like one of the... Like old TNA DVDs, they talked about how like at every Toby Keith show, they show the footage of him suplexing Jeff Jarrett. I wouldn't be surprised. Do you remember who was in the ring with him when he suplexed Jeff Jarrett? Uh, Sting? Scott Hall. Scott Hall. Scott Hall was doing the outsider's point to him. There was somebody was else in the it. ring. Who was it? Well, it was a battle royal. There was a lot of people in ah. the ring. But the one sharing the camera with him was Scott Hall. Maybe Super. someone else was on the focal point of Super that. Two grades gone. I, we have Google Ski. We do have wow. Google Ski. Hey, I'm going to tell you what, though. While Madrox is giving that a quick Goog Ski, I just want to let everyone know that this episode of the Spot Show podcast is brought to you by YooHoo and Elite Pro Wrestling. We're going to hear a little bit more about them later. Of course, unless you head on over to patreon.com slash Studios. Back us at the $5 and above tier. You're going to get this show completely ad free and i'm gonna tell you another thing that i'm thinking about doing right now is cutting out this rigmarole that i do all the time too just to give more in, in incentive for people to want to hear the ad free one because i want to be plugging now what else is over on the patreon if you're already on the patreon you already know about it hey we've been doing something really cool we have been slowly rolling out some of the original designs for the mad bash wrestling championship we've got the winged yeti belt the shank belt the the pink star belt all of the original designs 
for the Mad Bash Championship are over there for the free membership. But, you know, maybe you want to give it the $5 tier. Not only are you going to get ad-free spot show, you're also going to get paid show, which is just bonus spot show. You're also going to be getting on the $10 tier Big Stupid Popcorn, which... Last month, there was not a Big Stupid Popcorn. I sincerely apologize for that one. I was sick. I'm still a little under the weather. I'm still a little phlegmy in my throat. So this is what we are going to do. We're going to make it up to you. To make up for it, we're going to be having two Big Stupid Popcorns this month. One of them is going to be completely free on this podcast RSS feed. So if you're already subscribed to... Uh, Spot Show Podcast on... Uh, I almost said paid show. If you're subscribed to Spot Show Podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever, which, oh, they, they I think they shut down Google Podcasts, but anyway. YouTube um, Podcast now. Yeah, whatever. Uh, all those services, you're going to be getting... Um, a free version of uh, paid, uh, Big Stupid Popcorn. Big Stupid Popcorn. I got ahead of myself because we are this month also going to have a free episode of Paid Show going live for everyone. Guys, this is the announcement right here. Free Brewery is hitting Mad Bash Studios because we are celebrating our one-year anniversary coming up on February 20th, that was when the first episode of the Spot Show podcast went live. That's our official one-year anniversary, so we're celebrating with putting out a bunch of freebies for you guys this month. Look forward to that. Speaking of free, I understand it. Sometimes you don't have the extra money to toss our way. You can't go over to the Patreon. There is a free membership over there where you can still get really cool behind-the-scenes photos. As I said, you can see the original designs for the Mad Bash Championship over there on the Patreon, but there's other ways ways that you can do this go to your favorite podcasting provider leave us a five-star review leave us a written review let us know what we got going on let everybody know what's going on hit a share ski for someone that you think would enjoy what we got going on here but the big one patreon.com slash madbashstudios madbashstudios.com head on over to that patreon even if you support us at the free tier your that would be the best way to support us over on patreon.com slash madbashstudios paid or free direct the traffic over there is what i'm getting at here madrox your cue who's uh who was in the ring generic wrestler a and it looks like little guido <laughs> little guido generic hang on show me who is that here let me let me look uh, literally, yeah. So little Guido is taking. That's not little Guido. That's not little. I Guido. can't tell who that is though, but it's somebody. Is little Guido or Sonny Siaki? Ooh, that looks like Sonny Siaki. That looks like Sonny Siaki. And generic wrestler A. And generic wrestler A. We'll figure it out. Really doesn't matter, but it does look like that someone in the front row right here. It looks like they're wearing a real deal Josh Steele T-shirt. I highly doubt that. Looks very similar to uh, the real deal Josh Steele font, <laughs> which is funny because like that was 10 years before Josh Steele was even uh, in wrestling. That's generic custom t-shirt font A. <laughs> hey, uh, another thing, too, before we get too far into this, I want to give a little shout out here to uh, the Whoop-Ass Boys. They got their little podcast going on over there now. Shout out to them. They spoke very favorably of us that they did. on their pilot episode with Mad Bash Boy Clayton Clark. 
there's some groundwork, I think, that uh, sounds like all we got to do is kind of pull some triggers on some things. There might be uh, a little cross-promotional little cross stuff. promotion going on there, a little uh, working together going on. I'd love to work with those guys. Good on you guys. Uh, hope to see your podcast excel and go really good places. Uh, it's not as fun as you think it is. I'm excited to see if their movie gets funded. Let's see. I mean, hey, go check those guys over. Uh, we'll put a link to what they got going on in the description of this podcast. Uh, sh- uh, shout out to Whoop Ass. First two episodes as of this recording are up. They got Clayton Clark and Bo Sawyer over there. Two guys that are. I got my past and my present uh, over there on on that uh, Whoop Ass podcast. You're the cream so. filling, but between that Oreo sandwich. Shout out to them. Shout out to them over there, but. Yeah, one was a disappointment, one was not. I'm joking, boys. That was supposed to be a segue. I was talking about my Speaking past of and my disappointments. No, both episodes were completely great by those guys. No disappointments there. Keep up the good work, fellas. Disappointments, man. My past was definitely a disappointment in Bo Sawyer. Of course, I'm joking with him as well. You noticed that I didn't want to commit to it, and now I'm like, oh, I'm going to upset somebody. Yeah. That's just what and I do. And it's going to be Bo. <laughs> it, it's going to be Bo Dickie. Well, you disappointed in me. I'm not disappointed. He's coming at you with those chops. Hey, here's the thing. You already know what's going on here because you saw the title of the podcast. You saw maybe the graphic that we put on Instagram. You saw maybe the graphic that we put on Facebook. Follow the link ski. Maybe you're already subscribed to the RSS feed. Point is, you saw the title of this podcast. This is going to be a fun one. This is going to be maybe a little bit of a depressing one, if you really think about it. We are going to be talking about some of our biggest disappointments in professional wrestling. Now, when I say disappointments in professional wrestling, and I say our biggest disappointments, I don't necessarily mean Things that we did in our career that didn't quite pan out the way that we hoped they would. We're talking about a whole here. We're talking just in general. Storylines, gimmicks, behind the scenes disappointments, everything. We can talk about stuff personally to us. We can. That's not off the table. I'm just saying that's not what this whole podcast podski is going to be about. I just corrected podcast into podski. You did. You're bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. I did, brother. It never went away. <laughs> Uh, I think the last few podcasts you haven't said Podski. I'm always saying ski, something ski. It hasn't gone away. We need Man, more ski. I don't know what necessarily. So <clears throat> for those of you that know, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm still flimmy for being sick. I really apologize for that, guys. Um, I'm a teetotaler, which means that I don't drink alcohol at all it's another way of saying straight edge whatever i've never heard that before you've you've never heard teetotaler no i've heard it before is that some new hipster lingo no i don't know if it's new but i've heard it referred to as teetotaler Ah. but i got me some mocktails going on here and man this is a really good one i got like this orange uh zero proof drink i mixed it with a little baja blast a little bit of simple syrup a little bit of lime it's not bad. I tried it's it. It's good. This is good. This is good stuff right here. I don't have a name for it yet, but I feel like I should. Mad Bash Punch. Why Mad not? Bash Punch. Wabash Punch. Wabash Water. Wabash Water. There That's we what go. we'll call it. That's what we'll call it. Even though if we're talking about Wabash and Water, it should probably be green. Boy, that's a disappointing name. That is a <laughs> disappointing name. Speaking of disappointments, I don't know, man. You want to get the wrestling? Up? Yeah, I want to get into it. Wrestling is. I've always felt that 
you know, I was, I'm very late to the game on this one. I don't know how I'm late to the game on this one because it's an incredible YouTube channel. I just recently started watching Maven's YouTube channel. And he talked about a thing of where it's like people seem to – I forget which video it was. I think it was the one where he broke down the last week tonight where they took down Vince a couple of years ago or whatever, which uh, – foreshadowing. Um, and he was talking about it's like you know people seem to forget that wrestling is entertainment. If you don't like it, you can just turn it off. You know, and I think that's another thing that people seem to forget in general is that wrestling is entertainment. And like, just like, you know, to keep it with entertainment, it's just come out that Seth Rollins was all of his scenes were cut from uh, the new Captain America America movie. movie. Then you watch like and I don't want to keep it all about wrestlers, but you watch um, Iron Claw. And MJF is barely mentioned in it, but at least he got his executive producer credit, whatever, stuff like that. So it's entertainment. Rewrites happen. Recastings happen. You know, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones right now. The recasting of Dario Naharis, the recasting of The Mountain, the recasting of uh, the fact that Tommen Baratheon was a Lannister that got killed and they just recast him as Tommen. But anyway, the point being, like, it doesn't seem like other media gets as much of a flack for disappointments as much as wrestling does. And they, I think it's because we, we we can relate with the people that are on TV more than we can the people that are in the movies. I think it also comes to like the fan-wise, though. Like, if fans don't like something on TV, they got no problem changing the channel and just quit watching it. But, like, wrestling fans, like... You're committed. You're, you have to be. Because you change in that channel for 30 seconds, you can miss something completely off-the-wall different that you didn't expect. Unlike a TV show where like they just do a recasting or something like that, they're like, ah, oh, well, whatever. Like take Walking Dead fans, like they all quit after Glenn died. And spoilers, like, WWE fans, like I'm not allowed to talk about Walking Dead. It whether you trouble. like it or not, the dicks come out on the TV screen. You have the opportunity to change it, but say the dicks come out for a tag match, you might have to see the Return of the Deadly Boys at the same time. Like, yeah, there's that big what if in pro wrestling that you don't get in like other forms of media. Well, and I think that there's this. This weird level of what's the word I'm looking for here? I had the word and I kind of lost it. This weird level of immersion, not really not the right word with wrestling, where it's like, sure, you know, Tom Cruise is an actor and you see him, but he's not always playing the character that he is in the movie. Like, sure, we see peeks into Tom Cruise's real life. We also see peeks into Seth Rollins' real life. But Seth Rollins is going on these things as Seth Rollins, not as Colby Lopez. Is it Lopez? Is his shoot last name? I believe so. I think it is, yeah. So I I think that that's the thing, is that we get much more invested in these um, characters In these characters. It, it is, it is Lopez um, because, you know, again, Tom Cruise is not walking out here. Always. He's the, he's Tom Cruise. Then you see him in the movie and he's da 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 da. But then, like I said, you see Seth Rollins, you, you see that break in reality. You yeah. don't get that with pro wrestling. Exactly. So that's why we get so invested in these things. And then when something doesn't come to fruition with it, we feel jaded and we feel pissed off. Like, you know, I think a really good example of 
a big disappointment, and I don't know why I'm starting off with this one, because I feel like this could be the lion's share of this podcast. Let's just come out guns a-blazing right now. CM Punk in AEW was a huge disappointment, man. It was horrible. It was terrible. It he, had such good promise. He had the first dance, so that moment was amazing. Yeah. That was the worst-kept secret in professional wrestling, and they played that part well. And it just unraveled and went downhill and downhill and downhill. And it's still continuing downhill. I think it all started after his feud with MJF. I don't think they should have put him in the title picture personally. And I think I have gotten some flack from a few people from this is that we all need to take a step back and quit doing, you know, well, Meltzer says this, Cornette says this, uh, fucking Sean Ross Sapp says this. So I'm going to take, there's a, they were all fucking at fault. The young bucks were at fault. Kenny Omega was at fault. CM Punk was at fault, but it all boils down to Tony Khan being fully at fault. You can't blame CM Punk. You can't. Or fully, you can't fully blame the elite. You have to blame management. Ultimately, it comes down to Tony Khan. In every situation. Yep. Because Tony Khan treats everything more as, uh, this is a great idea in my head. Let's go out there and not worry about the aftermath of it. Now, in your career, in your wrestling career, how many times have you had something be like, oh, this is a great idea. And then you go out there and it flops. Twice. (laughs) What were they? Uh, the warrior stomp into the uh, backstabber from the top rope. That was just a flop because the crowd didn't understand what was going on, and it really hurt me really bad. <laughs> and then the second would have to be the revival of CWF. I'm glad you bring up the revival of CWF because I, I want to get into that later. We've talked a little bit about it. I don't know how much detail we've fully gone into it, but we'll um, we'll definitely talk about the revival of CWF. You know what? We might save that for uh, paid ski. Because I fun. think that we can really get into detail talking about uh, our personal, our personal yeah. disasters. Exactly. Yeah. Let's do that. Our personal failures in wrestling will be saved for paid ski. Boom. There you guys go. Five dollar tier coming for you. <laughs> but I mean, it all like it was such a disappointment, man, because you wanted to be so happy that punk is back, man. And you didn't get the CM Punk we lost 10 years ago. No, you got the you got a fucking crybaby. You You got got a bitter, broken down old man. Yeah. You got a guy for all intents and purposes that was bitching because Adam Page went off script. Punk, you would always fucking buck the system. How's it any different from what Hangman did? I honestly think that's a problem. Like all these guys try to like do the CM Punk theory when Punk came back and Punk wasn't having it because he's like, oh, you guys can't do that now. Yep. And I want to go on record and say this right now. I like CM Punk. I'm a CM Punk fan. Always have been. He's in my top 10. He always will be. But the same reason that anybody wants to vilify Hulk Hogan because of his backstage politics. If you're going to sit there and tell me that CM Punk didn't backstage politic, then you're completely wrong. I got news for you. The young bucks backstage politic, Kenny Omega backstage politic, CM Punk backstage politic. And I'm telling you, none of it would have happened. 
if during that press conference, Tony Khan would have just looked at Punk and said, Punk, shut the fuck up. But he, he didn't want to because he didn't want to hurt Punk's feelings. He he just sat there like a deer in fucking headlights and just nodded and smiled. Like, you got this guy burying your whole company next to you. Why are you sitting there smiling and nodding all nervously? And I don't want to hear the rumors about the extracurricular activities, maybe, that Tony Khan is on. I don't believe any of that. That's some horse shit that Cornette threw out there, and his cult believes it. But, you know, I think Tony Khan, for all intents and purposes, is just a really socially awkward guy who is uncomfortable in his own skin, who like is just really excited. He's living his childhood dream. But again, just because it's your childhood dream doesn't make it right or noble or whatever. Charles Manson was living his dream. Michael Bolton, you see my point? (laughs) Joe Stalin, Michael Bolton, you see my point? But I don't know, man. It was just, it could have been so good because like you, you look at his feud with MJF, money, it was money, the stuff that they were doing. Punk coming out as ROH Punk for his dog collar match. Let's talk about the matches that he had. Like, they were incredible matches. Up until he got that damn title, man. Up until the title, and uh, not even up until he got the title, up until the story of the title, because that's when it all fucking started. True. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else you can say about it. Um, it was just other than it was just a disappointment. It just it was because it was right there in the palm of their hand. I mean, and they fucked it up. You got stories with disappointments, okay? But this disappointment just grew and grew and grew and grew to the it point where growing. he got released. It kept growing. Yeah. It never improved. It couldn't have been like, oh, well, this storyline's not working, so let's switch it up or separate these guys. Nah, fuck that. They got heat. Let's put their matches back to back where we know they're going to be in Gorilla together. And then the whole Jack Perry thing, like, it kind of ties into it as well. Like, Tony Khan should have, like, I don't know what he should have done. I Look, I'm not going to armchair quarterback it. I don't know what I would have done in those situations as the owner of the company. But, I mean, all I know is that say that one day we fucking book a mad bash show hypothetically and fucking Johnny Pope comes storming in into fucking Dalton Davis's locker room or something. And then, you know, fucking Clayton Clark bites Clayton Jared Savage. Clark, yeah. Clayton Clark bites Jared Savage or something, you know, and then here comes up Oliver Kane throwing a chair. Like, I don't know how I would handle that. Like, it just depends. Like, I guess I would look at it and be like, Okay, what reason does Johnny Poke have for being that intense? What reason does Dalton Davis have for wanting to fight back? Like what? Like you got to weigh the options here. And I think that every single person is to blame for it because they were all fucking children. But the manager of that company is not going to say that his people he placed as executive vice presidents are at fault. Nope. I mean, what? They were suspended for fucking two weeks and then came straight no, back. No, it was longer. That was like two months or something. Was it two months? Yeah. I didn't think it was that long at all. Yeah. Because wasn't the... Was the AEW show we went to after Brawl Out? Yeah. Yeah, because it was... they were in the best of seven series trying to get the trio titles back. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. I remember now because that was 22. Yeah. 22. 22. Okay, time frame starting to figure out here, but 
Yeah, man. I mean, coming off hot with that one, man. CM Punk in AEW is one of the, if not the biggest disappointment of like, and we're not going to say within the last, we're just in general, but I'm just saying of the last 10 years, that's the biggest one to me. And I got a disappointment that might rival that one. The WCW invasion angle. I had invasion in my notes too. Did you really? I did. I mean, you want to talk about a flop and a letdown. Yeah. I mean, they buy the company. They're talking about gang wars now. WCW is invading Monday Nitro. And then here comes Chronic. Chronic, Buff Bagwell, Booker T, Sean O'Hare, Sean Stasiak, uh, Chuck Palumbo, DDP later, Scott Steiner later. Which, this, well, Steiner was after the invasion. Uh, here's the other thing, too. Like, I think that. Uh, this is a perfect segue into another one of the ones that I had on my list is Diamond Dallas Page in WWE because it all kind of ties together because it, it was during because I mean they fucking threw this weird stalker gimmick on him and he goes from the people champ to the stalker like like how easily could it could they have done people's champion versus people's champion that's what Page fought for oh I know and they were like no nope, we're gonna make you a stalker and put you with the Undertaker I mean. At the end of the day, all the invasion was, it was a victory lap for Vince McMahon. I know, man, but like, you know, that Nitro, you were probably watching it like I was when Shane McMahon's like, I bought WCW and we're going to sock it to my dad. Actually, I wasn't because that was when I was out of wrestling. Oh, really? Yeah. But I've gone back and rewatched it. Yeah. But I mean, you're sitting there thinking of like all these dream matches, NWO, DX, like, and we got a watered down, we, we got saturday night special from wcw pretty much and man i'm gonna tell you right now which this ties into another one of my disappointments that i kind of want to talk about that's on the outskirts of wrestling uh i'm going to take a little sidebar here uh to preface to what i'm talking about um adam blompier booked he did a how i would book the invasion and it was fucking wonderful now, one of my biggest disappointments in like the wrestling sphere is the the rise and fall and then rise and fall again of Adam Blompier because I'm looking at this content creator that I love his stuff and then you find out like, oh my God, you're a piece of shit who mistreats women. Like he, these just terrible allegations come out about him and, you know, he essentially almost made cultaholic fail before it even got off the ground. Then he takes his hiatus. He comes back and he's like, I'm better now, mate. And then he gets going with wrestle talk and parts fun known. And then more allegations come out about him. And now he's gone. I mean, allegations go hand in hand with professional wrestling. They, and they shouldn't, though. They shouldn't. It's ridiculous, And it fucking sucks because Adam Blompier is so fucking entertaining, and he is so good at what he does. I am good at separate. I've talked about this. I'm good at separating the art from the artist, but when it comes to shit like that, it's a little bit harder to do. It's a big gray area. It's it's not a thin line. It's a big gray area. Yeah, it is. But that brings up my point is that even Adam Blompier could book a better fucking invasion than... And what it all came down to with the invasion was it was all contract shit mm-hmm. because they chose to not get fucking bought out of their contracts. W- would you blame them? No, I they don't blame them. Making millions of dollars or taking a pay cut to come back on TV. But 
you also got to look at it, how it could have worked is that sure. Drop the extra bit of money. You know, it's going to fucking hurt you in the long run, but look at the return that you're probably going to get from it. Maybe don't worry about the XFL so much, Vince. Maybe invest your money in getting Hogan, Nash, Hall, Goldberg, Sting. Worry about getting these guys. Bring them in, and you would be off to the races. By the way, if you guys like, I know that I don't want to plug someone that has done terrible things, but that how Adam would book the invasion is really good. Uh, Jim Cornette booked an invasion, like the blow-off. I'm bringing Cornette up a lot. I don't know why. Um and it, it was nowhere near as good as Adams was, but um, but yeah, man, I agree with you though. The the invasion angle. Maybe the invasion we should angle. try our own invasion booking. That would be interesting to do. Like hypothetically, going through and booking what the invasion pay per view should have been, how the invasion should have gone out. Yeah, I mean, the invasion angle did give us one good thing: the return of the ECW originals. Yeah. Here's my question. Do you think that the alliance should have happened or do you think it should have been a three-way war? I personally think that the situation it was in where WCW had zero star power. Because let's be honest, nobody was a big Mark Gingerak or Sean O'Hare fan back then except for me. Well, because that's not WCW to us. No. You know? they just that's, that's new blood, basically. But like back then for that situation, they needed the ECW names to drive that fucking team. Do you and I'm just going to ask your opinion on this because I just rewatched this segment the other day. It came up on a on my uh, algo and my reels. Do you know the one person that was really made from the invasion and they just refused to pull the trigger on Chris Canyon? No, but I agree. <laughs> Canyon uh, Rob Van Dam. It's true. Rob true. Van Dam excelled. Like, could you imagine if he took the belt off Stone Cold Steve Austin during the invasion? It would have been mind blowing, man. Oh my god! But that was Van Dam's like debut and everything, though. But here's the thing, though, is that you talk about Austin, you talk about all that. They had no star power on the invasion, so they had to put Austin with them. Put Austin on there, and then meanwhile, Triple H was out with an injury, so. He wasn't there for it, and that really sucked. Rock was only there for a little bit of it, wasn't he? Yeah, he came in at the tail end just to take the belt off Booker. Because Rock was off filming Mummy 2, I believe. The invasion was basically Chronic versus Undertaker and King. Yeah, yeah, and it was a <laughs> sums it up. match. That sums it up. You know what we should do? I say we bring back the retro pay-per-view reviews. Let's do Invasion. Oh, man. You want to do Invasion? Do a little two-part ski. Watch the Invasion pay-per-view, then how we would have booked it. Yep. Boom. I say we do that. We'll be doing that here soon, whether it be like the next week or whatever, because we've uh, we've got some stuff lined up. We might be getting a guest on pretty soon. Hint, hint. All I'm saying is I'm just putting some positive vibes out into the ether to hope that we can get a guest, because uh, we got someone cooking. But um, the Invasion. The invasion, man, it was such a disappointment. And like, you're looking at someone who I'm even admitting I wasn't even watching wrestling at that time. So could you imagine if me coming back into wrestling and this is what I see? It's like it would have been horrible. Imagine the people that never left. I'm still watching like me. 
Traumatized. But how, and I know what killed it, was Buff Bagwell versus Booker T in Madison Square Garden. Yes. And Buff Bagwell, like, literally getting thrown out of the building by, was it Stone Cold, wasn't it? Stone Cold and uh, The Rock? Or Stone maybe, Cold and Triple H, maybe? No, Triple H was hurt at this point. Angle. Angle. It was Kurt Angle. Yeah, because Triple H, uh, Triple H got hurt, like, right after WrestleMania 17. Like, not long after, because they did Backlash, and then that was Triple H's last pay-per-view, I'm pretty sure. And then he got hurt on Raw, which uh, was still a really good match, even though Triple H got hurt. That was against Jericho and Benoit, wasn't Jericho it? and Benoit, yeah. Which, by the way, blanket Benoit statement. We're just throwing that out there. We always got to throw out. We need to make that a new thing. Let's do this right now where, you know, because the whole Vince stuff, you know, just came out, which we're probably going to touch on that a little bit. We got Benoit, who was a piece of shit and killed his family. I think that we create a thing right now where we just say a single phrase. We don't know what that single phrase is going to be where we don't have to come always be like, we know that they were a terrible person, but we're going to talk about the character. So we'll come up with a good phrase. I think uh, we'll think of something. We'll think of something because this is something that's been in the back of my head for a while. Something that we just to cover do. our own asses. Yeah. <clears throat> Not even just to cover our own asses, but just, it's just so we because... don't have to go on a five minute spiel about like, oh, he's a great worker, but a horrible person. Yeah, because we've done that every other. time we've we've mentioned Benoit, and now it's got to go in with Vince and probably Brock now too. Um, but yeah, there's another guy too, Johnny Ace. No, not in current situations. One of the biggest blunders in professional wrestling history. Oh, is this going to be another? Is this a segue into another? Uh, Let's talk about Velveteen Dream, brother. Let's talk about Velveteen Dream. I mean, after we hear a word from our sponsors, this episode is brought to you by YooHoo, a product of Keurig, Dr Pepper. So here's what I want you to picture right now. Right, you're on a long road trip. You're driving along and you're thinking, man, I could really go for a nice, sweet, refreshing drink. You pull into a gas station and the first thing you see is YooHoo. And I got to tell you, grabbing that YooHoo, that's going to be the right decision every single time. YooHoo is available in a variety of flavors, vanilla, strawberry, but here at Mad Bash, our personal favorite is chocolate. I'm going to tell you about YooHoo a little bit more, right? We absolutely love this stuff here at Mad Bash. We cannot get enough of it. And you know what? We're going to sweeten the pot a little bit here thanks to YooHoo. If you see us at a wrestling show and you buy a Mad Bash wrestling sticker, you are entitled to one free bottle of YooHoo on Mad Bash Studios. Limit one per customer while supplies last. Now, come on, guys. You can't beat that deal with a stick. Again, Mad Bash would like to thank YooHoo so much for sponsoring this episode. This episode of the Spot Show Podcast is also brought to you by Elite Pro Wrestling. Here's the thing about Elite Pro Wrestling, right? You have them to thank for the Spot Show Podcast in many different ways. Elite Pro Wrestling gave Mad Bash Studios our first opportunity when we decided to come back into the wrestling business. So Elite Pro Wrestling is one of the OG backers 
We love Elite Pro Wrestling so, so much. They are putting on incredible shows every single month. You should absolutely be there, whether it be in Odin, Indiana, Washington, Indiana. We would love to see you in the crowd there at Elite Pro Wrestling for every single thing that you need to know about EPW. Head on over to EliteProfessionalWrestling.com. There you are going to find dates, events, links, everything that you need to know about EPW. Thank you so much for being a day one sponsor, EPW. We very much appreciate it. I'm going to tell you, there was no other person that was more served on a silver platter to be a star. Than Velveteen Dream. Man, the Patrick kid from Tough Enough that had no charisma whatsoever. Going out there, breaking his comfort zone, and becoming a megastar over fucking night. Do you remember his feud with Aleister Black? I do. Fuck. I acknowledge... What, what do you say? I acknowledge you, Velveteen Dream. And it was after their match. And it was mm-hmm. like he was trying to get him to say his name the whole time, but he wouldn't do it. And then he Alistair finally Black, did it. Yeah, he finally did it. Show of respect. Uh, you want to talk about good feuds with him? Uh, Ricochet. The Ricochet feud was good. Where he actually wore the Prince Puma tights yep. <laughs> during their match. Yep. That's another one that's a disappointment, man. And that kind of ties into the to the Blompier thing of where it's like it's a disappointment because of what they turned out to be. Well, I mean, now he's on the Chris Van. I don't know his last Van name. Van Fleet. Yes, Bleet. Talking about three years later after all these allegations that he's got receipts and he can prove that he's innocent. It's like, why did you wait three years to do this? I mean, that's a whole other can of worms that we probably don't want to get into. But um, sometimes people just don't want to give someone the opportunity, I guess. I don't know. But um, yeah, Velveteen Dream is someone that really comes to mind. Um, But I mean... That was also an era where people were getting called up from NXT, which this is a good segue into another one. Like NXT call-ups, man, they always fucking flopped. They never really fucking made it. The only major person to ever come from NXT and be super duper fucking successful is Seth Rollins. I don't count Seth Rollins as an NXT call-up, though. He was, though. But he was an indie darling, ROH and all that. There has never been anyone in their own farm, except for Velveteen Dream, that has made the call-ups shit work. And look where that got him. Think about that. Man, let me actually do think about that one. Has there been a homegrown Strowman? I'd throw Strowman out there. But, I mean, because, I mean, Strowman main event at WrestleMania. That's true. And Strowman was a universal champion. I forget about Strowman even being in NXT. Roman Reigns wasn't in NXT. He was in FCW, but Liaki, like, he was farm grown. He's got it from his family, though. That's fair. He does have that connection. Alexa Bliss. Not true. I'm going to throw Alexa Bliss in there. She's someone that was completely from the ground up, built up, and, like, groomed in that, well, maybe don't use the word groomed. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, grown. Uh, yeah, grown in that system. And, uh, by the way, we're uh, about a half hour in, and I'm just now standing up for my chair adjusting. <laughs> um, you know, Carmella had a pretty solid run, too. 
uh, man, this is one that you kind of threw me for a loop on because like, if I really would have had time to sit back and think about it, I could probably come up with more examples and there's probably going to be a bunch of people telling me, oh, you forgot about this person, but that's what happens when you make a list. I'm going to throw a fucking, uh, yeah, yeah. These are definitely some, some wrestlers to watch. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw Braun Breaker in there, man. He's starting to look like he could be something big, but again, he's not there yet. Will he though? Mm -hmm. Will he though? What are they going to do with him on the main roster? Who knows? Make him act like a dog and eat dog food? Man, I... Did you, did you read that every spot that he had in the Rumble this year was supposed to be Brock's? Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I could see it going back and rewatching it. After that bit of information, yeah. It was so abundantly clear that that was supposed to be Brock Lesnar. Did you see Brock's already been removed from the new 2K game cover? Uh, as of today of this recording, I saw that he was removed from the cover, and then I'm assuming he's removed from the game as well. I doubt they're removing from the game this late, coming out next month. They've done it before. They did it with. Uh, they did it with someone. Who did they do it with? Benoit. Did they do it with Benoit? I thought Benoit's was like months after. They even started making the game. Maybe. Because when did that happen? 07? I'm trying to remember if Benoit was in SmackDown versus Raw 08. He wasn't. Then, yeah, they did it with Benoit. They they did it with Benoit. They retroactively took him out. I'm pretty sure they retroactively took out Punk, too. Fuck. They, they have ways of doing that. Man, what about Hayde Vanson, man? That was a disappointment. Who? <laughs> is that a shoot? You don't remember who? No, I you don't, don't remember, remember Hayde Vanson. No, they aired all these vignettes about like how he was essentially going to be like a Christopher Daniels fallen angel style character and he was going to feud with Taker and then they just cut him. Really? They just stopped. Yeah. Look up Hayde Vanson. Not right now, but no one remembers Hayde Vanson. So kind of like the Mordecai gimmick. It was uh, not as. Yeah, kind of. Kinda. They did a little bit more with Mordecai, though, because Mordecai actually had a couple pay-per-view matches. Um, yeah, Hayde Vanson, that's a pretty big letdown. Are we going on gimmicks now? Because I got a whole list of gimmicks. I mean, we're just, we don't really have anything specific. We're just kind of... Seven. Seven. Hey, everybody, <laughs> look at me. I'm seven now. They put me in white face paint, made me look like a pedophile on TV. And it sucked. I was gold dust and it sucked. And now I'm this character. I'm seven, by the way. This sucks. Dude, spending weeks on fucking probably millions of dollars worth of promo videos with the suspension cables and everything bro, else. Here's what we're going to do, bro. We're going to have you looking in kids windows, man. Yeah, that was a bad one. Uh, tying in with seven. Black Rain. Ah, Black Rain. I don't know, man. That uh, Silent Night, Bloody Night fight that we watched. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I love Dustin Rhodes. I'm named after the guy. Like, come on, man. Black Rain was a big letdown. Dude, here's another thing about Dustin Rhodes I don't think enough people are really appreciating right now. His AEW theme fucking goes hard. And it's awesome. His AEW run's been hard so far. Yeah. Even the like when he's just out there jobbing, that boy goes. Didn't he and Edge just wrestled? Or sorry, Adam Copeland. And it was really good. Yeah. Fuck, man. I haven't watched it, but I've heard the reviews. I've heard it was really good. 
Which I'm not surprised because everything Dustin Rhodes touches is gold anymore. Ha, pun intended. Go ahead and just keep rapid fire and gimmicks right now. Relic. You mean killer spelled backwards? I do mean killer spelled backwards. Okay. I really think, okay, we need to separate some things right now. You're seriously going to sit there owning a fireworks stand (laughs) telling me. I'm tired of the fireworks stands. You're going to seriously sit there and be like, oh, man, these had potential. Johnny the Bull Stromboli or whatever his name was. (laughs) Stromboli. uh, What was his name? Stamboli. Stamboli. In a. Like no, Relic never had fucking potential, man. Like it's whatever. Neither did Black Rain. It was just throwaway shit. Kazarni. Okay, Kazarni was fucking dope. Sin Bodhi. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It was dope. Man, I love those Vinjets and they never did nothing with them. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he come out and like do one match on Velocity and that was it? I think something like that, yeah. Jesus, man. Um when they repackaged the uh Paul Burchill. From the pirate. The pirate was fucking goaded. Oh, and they were doing the incest gimmick yes. with Katie Lee Birchall. That was pretty fucked up. That was a big letdown to me. Ah, I was like, finally, Paul. Bur- I was a Paul Birchall mark, man. That yeah, was Paul good. Birchall was good. You're going to fuck your sister, Paul. Ah, Can you do that now? <laughs> I don't know, because Vince McMahon probably really wanted someone to fuck his, their own sister. Oh, man. Uh, the lesbians. Do you remember this? Like in two thousand and five, two thousand and four. HLA. No, just the lesbians. The group of the lesbians before it was HLA. No, HLA. No, was, it was after HLA. Because HLA was in O two, brother. It was after HLA. Uh, it was just two girls that would come on screen and just make out anytime. I don't remember this at all. Three minute warning killed him. <laughs> Dude, you're getting your time. No, you are making shit up right now. Because HLA got interrupted by Three Minute Warning coming out and, and beating them up. That was not in 05. That was in 02. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure, dude. Well, my timeline's off, but there was a group called the Lesbians and all that. There was, was never a group. No, you are making. There was, I'm Googling it. There was never a group called the Lesbians. What it was is that two women came to the ring for hot lesbian action is what they called it. And they were billed as the lesbians, and they got in and did a strip tease, and then Three Minute Warning came out and beat them up. There was never a group in wrestling called the Lesbians. Pretty sure there was. There wasn't. Pretty you're sure you're wrong. Was. Don't even bother looking it up. You're wrong. Like, there's some pretty bad taste shit that has happened in wrestling, and that's pretty fucking bad taste the lesbians yes that's them coming to the ring for hot lesbian action you dumb motherfucker that's what i'm trying to explain to you there was never officially a group in wrestling called the lesbians are you sure dustin i'm (laughs) fucking sure then why do they got nameplates to say the lesbians dumb motherfucker i just explained it to you you're doing a bit right now i'm not trying to do a fucking bit i'm really confused dusty look at me we're shoot naming on this one. <laughs> there was never a group called the Lesbians. Find another screenshot besides that one that is a fucking meme that there was never a fucking group called the Lesbians. I'm Googling. There was. You're wasting your goddamn time, dude. All right, that's fine. Carry on to the next topic while no, I Google. No, because I want you to. Because no, because here's what's going to happen. You've all your fucking tires are spinning. You've already figured out that you're fucking wrong, and you're going to just think that it's going to fall into obscurity well, by me. From talking my about. memory, there was a group your that just came wrong. out as the lesbians. Yes, it was the lesbians. God damn it, dude. 
It was the. Fuck- I thought the lesbians in the HLA were two different things. No. I could have swore they were. The only thing that they did was that when Eric Bischoff made Stephanie McMahon take part in hot lesbian action on a pay-per-view. That's the only other time they did it. Okay, then. Well, I got my shit mixed up. You're not not that you got shit. You're just making shit up. What am I making up? That there was a faction called the lesbians. There was. There wasn't. (laughs) They literally just had two women come to the ring and they made a nameplate. So the women changed every time? They did it once. Okay. They only did it once, and it was a vehicle to get three-minute warning off. Well, I didn't know that was part of the HLA segment. I thought the HLA segment was completely fucking different. No, because Eric the lesbians Bischoff, were their own thing. Eric Bischoff made the comment, you guys have gone about three minutes too long, and then that's whenever three-minute warning came out and beat the fuck out of them. Okay, like they well, gave my them, memory's they off gave a them little fucking, bit. They gave them fucking pop-up Samoan <laughs> drops and came off with superfly splashes. It was actually... All Samoans get pop-up Samoan drops and come off with superfly splashes. Doesn't matter what size they are. God, that really got because you're you're just you you did that thing of where like you were so wrong about something, but you were just standing your fucking ground. Uh, like, dude, no, I dude, this really fucking happened. I could have fucking swore it was two different things, sir. No, they never did it again. Hey man, what about William Regal in 08 as the raw general manager? Yeah. No? Yeah. Man, William Regal is the best wrestler. Is that a bad thing as him as the Royal General Manager, though? No, what I'm saying is that it built him up as a monster heel, and he should have had a world title run. Oh, absolutely. William Regal is the best professional wrestler never to win a major world title. I think King of the Ring, William Regal, should have had the world title. That was 08. Was it 08? Yeah, because it was right after General Man. I might be getting my timeline mixed up, but because it's when Layla was his manager. Remember, yeah. like for not very long, actually, Layla really wasn't his manager very long, unless poor, I'm just misremembering. Poor Layla. But there was so much they could have done with Regal, man. Like, and again, it's another one of it's his own fault because he was addicted to drugs and stuff like that, whatever. But then he got himself clean and came back. Like his feud with Dean Ambrose in FCW, those matches are incredible like still to this day i reference him on commentary because he was working ambrose's arm and then ambrose said you better take it home with you regal that was that- 2007 seven so yes. okay i was off by a year um as him as general manager or him as uh king of the ring general manager okay i'm googling king of the ring now so then that had to be 08 then was king of the ring because it couldn't have been 07 or 06 i mean uh, Tajiri was the best part of general manager. Regal. Oh man, Tajiri and Regal together? Are you kidding me? That was so good. That was so good. I just think William Regal's career in general is just like, man, it could have been so much more because he's just he's someone that like definitely deserves his flowers and like someone like Danielson and now Moxley and all of them giving him his flowers like, you know, at the Blackpool Combat Club like, you know, and then Danielson like wearing maroon Mm -hmm. is a little nod to regal like thank god there are people that fucking acknowledge the fact that he's so bad of a trainer was Shawn michaels the wrestling academy brian danielson has to go to william regal to say he's his more of his trainer or not even trainer but just mentor in general it was 2008 he won the king of the ring i knew i had a feeling because i knew that he won king of the ring after he was or before he was or at yeah 
Singlet William Regal did not hit hard though. No, Singlet <laughs> William Regal was tough. Um but I mean he was rocking the singlet whenever he had those banger matches with Moxley though. That is true. Those promos are so good. Like that whole story in general is just so good. But like when he's like We were know, actually there when William Regal got rid off of AEW. Oh yeah, we were. That's the second reference I was going to AEW. That was a big night. Because it was just it was after MJF had just won the title. Yep. And he unveiled uh, the big Burberry belt. We got a lot of history going to wrestling shows together. You know, we do. We do. Were you at the Raw where... I've asked you this before. I know the answer is no. Were you at the Raw whenever um, whenever Foley and Funk went off the stage in the nope. dumpster? I was. Yeah. We yeah. I think, we've, I think we've talked about that on here before. The Terry Funk tribute show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go back and listen that. to it, guys, yeah. if you haven't. So, man, I'm going to tell you... I'm going to tell you right now, one of my personal biggest disappointments, I mean, obviously, the pandemic was fucking terrible. It was awful. And wrestling was able to somehow thrive in the pandemic, which I really surprised me. But the pandemic robbed us of one thing that I will never be able to move on from. And that's that Maven almost got signed to be a ring announcer. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, not ring announcer. Backstage corp- correspondent. Yeah. No, man. In the weeks leading up to the pandemic, they were building up to a match that I was looking so forward to that I knew would have been great. And I'm just going to look at you and say one phrase. and I'm going to see if it clicks with you and see if you remember. The ring general sends his regards. Gunther versus somebody. Walter versus Finn Balor. Oh. Was being built before the pandemic. Yeah, because during the pandemic, didn't they get stuck overseas? Yeah. The pandemic essentially killed NXT UK. I miss NXT UK. NXT UK was so good. Man, Valter versus Ilya Dragunov, the first match. God damn, dude. Nuts. But back whenever they were Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel, Finn Balor, he was already the prince. This is before he won the NXT championship because he won that during the pandemic, which his run as NXT champion during the pandemic my God, people people love to give Moxley credit for putting AEW on his back as champion during the pandemic. Man, Balor put NXT on his back with that title run. Like the matches he was putting on during that time, bonkers good. Bonkers good. He brought out the best in everybody during that oh, run. He's, man, Finn Balor in general, like I'm going to, him... Him with the universal title was a big disappointment because it's like, fuck. But then you really think about it and you're like, ah, he would have just dropped it to Goldberg. You know, I'm looking back on it. Yeah. Looking back, that's what would have happened. But I'll never forget because I'm a, a big Gunther fan. Back at the time, he was Walter. Finn Balor is arguably my favorite wrestler of all time. Him and Jericho kind of trade off. And man, I'll never, I don't even remember who he was wrestling, but he hits it. And he looks up in the stands and there stands Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. And they're like, 
the ring general sends his regards. And I just knew right away. I was like, they're going to fucking build a Gunther and Balor. They're going to earn Valter and Balor. They're going to build the vault Valter and Balor. Like, Oh my God. And you know, Balor probably would have taken the UK title off of him. This though, if my memory is correct is around the time they were announcing all the other NXT spinoffs. They were going to do like NXT spinoff, South Africa, NXT, India or whatever, Australia, Japan. Yeah. Um, because this was going to be the big coalition where like everyone got involved and it was going to basically be like a territory war. Essentially. Where it was going to be NXT versus NXT UK and then all these other brands were going to pop up, which Corona killed those too. Yeah, Balor went like actually went over to the UK and worked a few matches um, building up to the story. It was going to be because it was going to be UK takeover. Was it Belfast? It was a an NXT. Uh, it was an NXT UK takeover that got canceled. Um, let me look that up real quick. Uh, vamp while I I look this up. But um, stay on this topic though because I don't. I kind of want to. I'm staying on it, man. Was it Cardiff? No, because Cardiff happened. Cardiff was a big one. Cardiff was awesome because that was Valter versus um versus Tyler Bate, and they went like an hour. My God. Um. What do you think is the best overseas pay-per-view so far? Clash at the Castle. You think so? Yeah. Backlash Puerto Rico was on a different level. Oh, just because of yeah. the fans. Yeah. It looks like it was NXT UK TakeOver uh I don't remember. It's not coming up for me, huh? But it, it was it was going to be a takeover that ended up not happening for the UK. But yeah, Clash at the Castle was was really good. I really enjoyed Clash at the Castle. Dublin, Dublin is what it was. Okay, NXT UK takeover Dublin because they were definitely the main event was obviously going to be Valter versus Balor, and you knew Balor was going to end up winning because they were in Ireland, and it would have been fucking huge. So. Yeah, man, Finn Balor, man, Valter. Ah, and we've got little tastes of it a little bit, like on uh on TV now. But um yeah, man, Finn Balor when he was the prince going against Valter at that time when he was just a fucking colossus and just destroying everyone. That would have been a better match. Still doing. Well, yeah, but I mean But if you was... notice the past two Royal Rumbles, like those guys stayed separated the whole time. Dude, if we Oh man! Could you we, imagine that stare off in a rumble? Oh Just, my god! Don't like, get me NXT started. Takeover Dublin would have been cool, but could you imagine WrestleMania? Oh man, the fact that we got to see the Demon at WrestleMania I thought was really cool, uh, dude. Okay, disappointments. The Demon on the main roster. Yeah, agreed. With the Roman Reigns screw job, where the fucking rope broke and everything. Everything. The only there have been two good demon matches on the main roster: the Hell in a Cell and him versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Those were good, but that's not my demon, man. No, my demon is coming to the ring dressed as fucking Leatherface with a chainsaw and coming to the ring like he looks like Jack the Ripper. Ripper. 
Which it, it was the Babadook, be honest. He was the Babadook. He wasn't Jack the Ripper. He was the Babadook. But um I just I love the demon. I the, love the main the demon. roster demon though, like they made it water down and less than what it should have been. Like, Man, I'll tell you, especially when the demon debut when he came out with that fucking leather belt around his head with other pieces of belt hanging off of it. I'm that like, was the the original demon outfit. He had that in the original demon outfit. But the main roster one was horrible. The main roster, yeah, his his main roster demon was really bad. And then you could tell that like they started putting less and less work into it. Like you went to you look at the NXT U or not I almost said U UK, but the NXT ones, they were like going full body for him. And then like look at the shit that he was doing like on the indies with that. Whenever he did the original demon, he was he was Carnage. His mm-hmm. whole body was painted. Yeah. And then it's like, once they get to the main roster, they're like, oh, we can't have this much talent and art going out there at one time. Is Finn Balor underrated, do you think? Or do you think he's rated? Don't get me wrong when I say this. I mean, no regards to Finn Balor. I think it was a compliment. Finn Balor is the Owen Hart of this fucking generation. No, absolutely. No insult at all. Finn Balor is the Owen Hart of this generation. Always there at the main event picture, but never can quite grasp it. Yeah. But he goes out there for his mid-card shit and dominates and proves that he should be the main draw. Look at his, again, look, look at his Prince run. Mm-hmm. When he was the Prince down in NXT, I'm telling you, him and Kyle O'Reilly is one of my favorite wrestling matches. So good. Him and Pete Dunne was awesome. Him and Joe's Wars. Oh, my God. Him and uh, him and Matt Riddle. Him and uh, I'm thinking of just the Prince run, but if we want to go outside of the Prince run, man, him and Shinsuke had a really good one before Shinsuke got called up or no, before Balor got called up. Sorry. Um, What's some other really good Balor match? Man, the ladder match with him and KO, the Beast in the East pay-per-view, him and him and Kevin Owens, like, man, so good. Like I said, he's the Owen Hart of this generation. He's just so consistent too. Mm-hmm. He's just so consistent. And you I never, you never hear anyone say any bad thing about working Finn Balor either. Nope. I'm gonna tell you one thing. This is probably gonna be a good one to close out on here, Madrox. Let's hear it. Because I know you and I both. We've talked about it so many times on here. How big of fans we were of this era of wrestling. Then this company closed. And then five years later, no, sorry, four years later, there was a reunion pay-per-view. Then the next year, they did another reunion pay-per-view. And it was announced that there would be a third brand of WWE. And it was going to be ECW. WWECW was such a disappointment to me and I was so heartbroken to see what it became man ECW should not ever have been put in a stadium (laughs) what I'm gonna say to this right now I could sit here for another probably 30 minutes and be like here's what they could have done here's what they could have done they just shouldn't have done it. <laughs> they just shouldn't have done it. They they should have, though. Think about it, though. 
Without the rebranding, we would have never got Sandman in a video game. Yeah. Here's the other thing, too, though. We touched on Van Damme a, a little bit ago. Another big disappointment, his fucking run because he got caught with a uh, fucking pot in the car and, and like controlled substance with Sabu. <laughs> you got to pose it back, brother. Yeah. I'm just sitting back thinking. And then, look, you know, they had the, the, the Kurt Angle blow dealt to him. And that, then that was the beginning of Perk Angle, though. That was the beginning of Perk Angle. I mean, it did bring up some good. I mean, we got CM Punk out of it. They made Johnny Nitro a star out of it. The Christian mi- had his comeback. Christian had his comeback. It's Christian. Mark Henry got a run with the title. Yeah. Even though it was the worst belt design ever. Oh, that revamped ECW title is so... Do you remember the fucking Night of Champions where they didn't have a design for the ECW title, so they just took the fucking Cruiserweight title and put the ECW, ECW on logo it. on it? Yep. What the fuck, guys? Do-rag Vince. Do-rag Vince. <laughs> well, we got to take that one with a grain of salt now at this point. That'll be on paid show coming up yeah. here shortly. Um, I just remember when they did that WWE versus ECW head-to-head pay-per-view. Or not even a pay-per-view. It was a special. They did it on a random Wednesday night. Do you remember this? Was it was it leading in. Night? It was leading in. Yes. It, it, it was leading into One Night Stand 06. And they opened the show with Van Damme versus Rey Mysterio. And Van Damme and Mysterio... They do the spot where Van Dam puts him on the barricade and then does the twisting leg drop onto it, and then they spill out into the crowd. And it felt just like old ECW. I the, Shout out to an Instagram account that I follow called That Time in ECW. There was a reel that they posted recently of Sandman and Mikey Whipwreck. And Mikey Whipwreck is just picking up, or no, sorry, Sandman is just picking up the barricade and beating the fuck out of Mikey Whipwreck <laughs> with it. And he's just like throwing it and all this other shit. It's just fucking awesome. But that was ECW. And that particular spot where they spill out into the front row, I was like, we're getting a glimpse of that ECW, man. Of what ECW could be. Of what ECW could have been. And they killed it on the pay-per-view, man. The pay-per-view is one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. And then that next Tuesday, it just started off with a shit show. <laughs> and yeah. And went downhill. Yeah. And then the final nail on the coffin was Paul Heyman leaving in December to dismember. Oh god! And Bobby Lashley was. winning the belt. Mm-hmm. They tried to t- treat ECW as their NXT at the time, because that's literally what it turned into. It was it was, it was just a feeder ground. It was their developmental. And at that point, it's like, why are we even still calling this ECW? You know, my ECW, like, main event the first show, Tommy Dreamer versus Sandman. You know, shit like that. Like, what are we doing, guys? And then they traded Sandman to Raw, and it was like, 
Which, if I ever get to talk to Sandman, like that's all I want to talk to him about is when he got traded to <laughs> Raw. That's literally all I want to talk to him How about. How did this happen? Yeah, I just want to ask him. So, like, so when did you know that WWE CW was a fucking flop? He, he'd probably be like, well, kid, <laughs> sold a couple t shirts and they sent me up there packing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It could have, like, I'm not even going to sit here and say that it could have been good, but. I was an idiot, and I let my hopes up, and they fucking kicked I, me in the nuts. I, I remember quit watching around the third episode. I think that's when I stopped watching it. I think when Van Dam dropped the belt to Big Show, and then we were getting shit like Undertaker versus Big Show in the main event, Kane versus Big Show in the main event. Fucking here comes Ric Flair taking the fucking big swing into the fucking thumbtacks. Like, what are we doing, guys? This is not easy. Do you remember the early vignettes from the first like fucking three episodes? For the record, for those of you that might be new listeners, Madrox says vignettes on purpose. Yes, that's the Joker Sting reference. Yeah, he does it as a, a reference to Joker Sting. Uh, dude, the vignettes, like whenever they were doing like, um, the new breed of extreme or whatever. Yeah. With Shannon Moore and CM Punk and Elijah Burke, man, Elijah Burke, (sighs) Kevin Thorne, Kevin Thorne. Like they, they played those damn little clips out forever, man. Like the one hour episode of ECW would be like 30 minutes of this person's coming in two weeks or this person's coming in two months or vice versa and shit, dude. Say everything twice. Say everything twice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Remember that? Yes, sir. Fucking Nacho Libre. Or no, it was Macho Libre. WWE CW, man. We got the zombie, though. We did get the zombie. That should be in the Hall of Fame. We got Big Dick Johnson jerking off Sandman's kendo stick. <laughs> Remember that one? I mean, I love that gif. I love that gif. I don't know, man. It was just never meant to be. It was just never meant to be. They should have. But we know what it was. It was fucking money because One Night Stand 05 was their fastest selling DVD and shit like that. So they wanted to capitalize on it. But. I don't know. It flopped, man. They passed on so many of the originals they could have had working for ECW that they could have pulled out of the big stadium shows and just run it in bingo halls. Give us that old school feel. If they would have... Well, the reason they did that is because they did it after SmackDown. And that was another detriment is that it's like the crowd is dead because they just watched all of SmackDown. Set through two hours of that. Yeah. Plus, so they now, tape Velocity before that. And they would tape Velocity. So, but I agree with they you. They AEW themselves. They were AEW before AEW. Because, man, the third time we brought it up, but when we <laughs> went to AEW, it felt like we were there for fucking 12 hours. It was long. It was fucking annoying. Two hours of live TV, two hours of taping, and then an hour YouTube show. Mm-hmm. Horrible. And that's what I'm saying is that it's like they just they just they set it up. I don't think they ever thought it was they they never gave it a chance. I don't know if it deserved a chance, but like you said, if they would have done a thing where they run it out of little venues like the Hammerstein Ballroom and shit like that, like little, small, intimate venues, that would have been fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. You would have 
captured that fucking feeling where everyone would want to be there. Mm-hmm. It would have been like the best kept secret on national television at this point. Which it kind of was when it was on national television <laughs> to begin with. True. I mean, we've uh, we've talked about ECW a little bit on here, but we just we love ECW so much. We've done one or two ECW shows. We did November to Remember. Oh, and then we watched a hardcore TV. Yeah. For paid show. We did a little watch along ski. I remember now. I remember now. Well, sorry to bum everyone out with all these disappointments. I feel like next week we've got to do some of the biggest successes in wrestling, but that one just wouldn't be as fun to talk about. Yeah, well, we can talk about the lesbians again. <laughs> I, dude, the fact that you genuinely thought that, I, you're dude, an idiot. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> you can't just keep saying, oh, it's whatever. It's whatever. To excuse your stupidity. But... Well, well, that's I think, my point proven from the beginning of the damn episode. Wrestling's got so much shit, it's hard to draw the line. Yeah. Big gray areas, guys. Yeah. Notice, though, like, we really only focused a lot of, of our time on WWE and a little bit on um, on AEW, but, like, there's so much TNA that we could have talked about. Like, you could just essentially say TNA. I could essentially say WCW. Yeah. But this could definitely be a topic that we could uh, re-explore at some point, I think, would be really fun. So, all right, guys, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to get ready for paid ski. We're going to talk about some of our personal biggest uh, letdowns in the business uh, that we experienced. Uh, Also, just going to kind of shoot the shit on that one. Like I said, it's essentially the post show. So I'm sure a lot of the same topics that we talked about here are going to be carried over on that one. That's just the natural flow of things. As soon as we stop recording this one, we go right into paid ski. So, uh, yeah, for those of you that are on the Patreon, uh, obviously this goes up early. We'll hear you on paid show. For those of you that are listening to it on the podcast feed, man, paid show is available right now. Go listen to it, man. $5 to get paid show. That's a hell of a deal, but that's not all we got over there. Tons of stuff over on the Patreon patreon.com slash mad bash studios uh you can uh find links to everything that we do madbashstudios.com you can find me on instagram at dw underscore mischievous rabbit uh stay tuned guys because we've got some really cool ascend the throne stuff coming up that we're going to be announcing we're going to be figuring out a venue for that's coming up pretty fucking soon we've got it on the back burner just don't know when the announcement's going to come. We can't just bring it on. You guys got to build the anticipation. You know what I mean? But yeah, for Michael Madrox, I've been Dickie Wabash, and we will uh, we'll see you guys on Paid Ski. Paid Ski.